The views expressed on The Pickleball Show are not necessarily those of the USAPA. The Pickleball Show is the official podcast of the USAPA dedicated to growing the sport of pickleball around the country. Show your support and become a USAPA member today. Visit USAPA.org. From Bainbridge Island to the Villages. Pickleball is one of the fastest growing sports in America. Buckeye to Abbotsford. Time out, baby, yeah! St. George to Rochester and all points in between. If you've heard of pickleball or you already play it, then you know. This is the Pickleball Show. This is Coach Ball from PickleballCoach.com. And here's the host of the Pickleball Show, Chris Allen. Live from the PBX Club Studios in Asheville, North Carolina, this is the Pickleball Show. My name is Chris Allen. Thank you for joining me today. Got an event coming up here in Asheville just a few weeks, and we are really excited about it. Pickleball Summit will be here March 31st, April 1st, and 2nd. Just a handful of tickets left if you have any interest in coming to Pickleball Summit, we'd love to have you, but you need to go ahead and get those tickets right now. We've got national champion Matthew Blom, national champion Brian Staub, national finalist Lucy Kovalova, North America's top pickleball coach. She's in that club now. Mark Rennison will be here, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Again, March 31st, April 1st and 2nd here in Asheville, North Carolina, 18 indoor pickleball courts we're going to take over the whole facility and have a great time playing training competing all weekend long so we'd love to have you here pickleballsummit.com is the website you need to go to right now grab a pair of tickets we do have a special going on bring a partner for half price you buy one ticket you get the next ticket for 50 percent off but that's uh, if you can get a ticket because there are just a few left. So pickleballsummit.com, head over there right now. This is usually the part in the show where I rattle off a bunch of medals that my guest has won, but there's just no point when it's this guest because it's, yeah, singles, doubles, mixed, yeah, 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 nationals, yeah, U.S. Open, yeah, TOC, yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, it's just one of the best pickleball players in the world. It's Sarah Ansberry. Sarah, how are you today? I am doing very well. How about you? <laughs> doing great. So glad that you joined me today. And uh, this is something that we had talked about doing, uh, the, the original Pickleball Summit in Concord, North Carolina, you and I were talking about doing a less is more show because I feel like there's so many players that are guilty of this. I certainly am. You're always thinking, what do I need to add to be a better player? I need to add this shot and I need to add this movement and be able to do this piece of footwork and, and this piece of equipment I need to add. And a lot of times I find myself thinking, you know what, maybe I'd be a better player if I just took some things away. Yeah. <laughs> That's when I watch you, your economy of movement, there's no wasted movement with you. And I, I remember mentioning that to you in Charlotte and you said, well, that's actually kind of for a reason. I say this over and over again because it's absolutely the biggest issue you see in pickleball is that we do too much on the court. We think too much. We move too much, swing too much. We feel like there's always more that we need to do. And it usually is to our own detriment. You know, we definitely get more tired that way, but we, you know, we get more anxious that way and we make more mistakes by doing that so much of this game is it's we play on such a tiny court and we feel like we have no time it's crazy we feel like we're you know we have so much to do and we have so much to think about and 
if anything, we just, you know, the more you simplify, the easier it is in your brain, but the easier it is for your body to actually do in the first place. You had mentioned uh, in Charlotte that you had had a bunch of surgeries. Yes. I have actually had a, my body is kind of a wreck, to be honest, uh, for my age. I've, I've had three major knee surgeries. I've had a fusion on my lower back and I've had shoulder surgery as well. And it's like uh, in the Raiders of the Lost Ark when he says, it's not the years, it's the mileage. Uh, I mean, a lot of athletes, like, you know, you, you hear about our injuries all the time. Like most athletes that have been around for a long time, you know, we have a list of all these things wrong with us and we have, you know, tons of braces and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm all about being as efficient as I can and and doing things to not create injuries. And I think that a lot of times when we try to do too much, it actually causes us greater injury on the court. These quick motions are, are actually pretty bad for us. And uh, it's not really how our body wants to move. <laughs> That's for sure. What are some of the things, a couple of things that you see people doing that they're doing too much of, that if they did less of that, then they would actually be a better player. You don't need to add, you need to take this away. Less is more. People move too much. They move way more than we need to. I see, I mean, everywhere in the country I go, I see people hunched over. I see them shuffling side to side. I see, I mean, this barrel of anxiety, basically, when I look onto a court most of the time. Yeah, I'm sure you saw that when you when you stood across the net and looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, Chris, you're like a huge guy. I mean, you're so tall and you shrink yourself to be like, small, you know, shorter than I am. It's crazy. It's uh, and it's like this, this like constant state of defense, you know, it's, yeah. it's okay, let's get small and let's get compact. And, and, you know, that alone is, you know, it compresses your body and, you know, your body does not like to be compressed. Your spine does not like to bend like that. And also I think when we, you know, we're, we're constantly shuffling and moving, we often get caught because we go the opposite direction of the ball or we commit to the direction too soon mm -hmm. uh, when we don't need to. And especially when we're making such fast movements, it's very hard to actually get balanced and uh, set our weight so that we're actually in control of our motions. I think a lot of times we just get in such a hurry to do things that we kind of lose track of what our body should actually feel like when we're doing these things. Well, that was one of the great things that I learned. One of the many things that I took away from spending a little bit of time with you was the whole thing of the, the balance of your weight, because so often I felt like I just have to guess I'm going to go yeah. this way or that way, and half the time I'm going to guess right, and what I need to work on is being able to guess better. And, you know, you took, kind of took me out of that. It's like, no, you don't have to. If your weight is evenly distributed, you don't have to guess. You'll have enough time to where you can go right or left. A lot about balance on that and moving is using your body weight to actually change direction. And so when you're using your lower body and your balance, you actually get to those positions quicker. When we guess and when we commit, often we commit with our upper body and we get off balance. So when we do that, we actually, it's harder for us to change direction. It's harder for us to go forward and all of those things. What, and I know this is hard to do on an, you know a podcast that's audio only, but how can you, if you're talking to somebody on the telephone, uh, how can you tell them to, what's the stance or how can you distribute your weight properly? What are the keys that you're looking for or the signs that you're doing it correctly? Um, well, what I think about when I'm on the no volley line, I think about almost sitting like on an exercise ball where, uh, you know, my back is straight, uh, where my, my torso is elongated, but my knees are 
you know, slightly bent from the actual knees and not from my back. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I'd be wanting to think about putting my weight into the balls of my feet so that I could actually feel my body weight down on the ground. And then a good way to kind of be aware of it is honestly just let your weight shift from your right foot and then all the way shifting into your left foot. And when you're doing that, you're wanting to actually keep your shoulders even so that you're actually shifting your weight and not just leaning your body one direction or the other. Okay, so you shouldn't, because I hear some people and they mean well, but they say you should almost feel like you're about to fall forward. And I just, I don't think that that's right. Yeah, I think uh, what, where people get really stuck in because they're in that position is one, they're, they're bent at their back. And if you're bent at your back, you know, you're disengaging, you're really separating your upper body and your lower body for one. But you also, people have a tendency when they do that is to pull their elbows and their, their paddles close into their body. And that also, you know, is not really a good position. When you feel your weight like that, you know, you could feel your weight very much on your toes. And when you're leaning like that, your head is actually what leads you forward. Well, you should actually feel, you know, your spine working as your center axis to rotate from. And then your weight should settle into the balls of your feet where you're much more center, but you're still actually forward where you're actually engaging your lower body, like your quads and your butt and all those types of things. And, and that's what's going to help you actually still put your weight into the ball, but without actually falling in a really an unsafe way. <laughs> so if you kind of feel like you could almost do like a hula hoop or something, almost pretend like you have a uh, theoretical hula hoop around your waist. And if you feel like you can shift your weight to where you could keep a hula hoop going, maybe then <laughs> would that be something uh, that might that work for me? That is not that is not a bad idea. I think that's actually a great way to put it, Chris. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's great. So that's something because boy, I need help with that because I every now and then when I see video of myself, it's like, geez, you look like a Labrador Retriever puppy out there <laughs> running around with all this wasted movement. And my poor yeah. partner is like, oh, geez, just don't hit me with your paddle. <laughs> you know. I see a lot of that absolutely everywhere, and I think we all kind of do that sometimes. We all have this panic moment and we start backing up and we start losing control of ourselves. And, you know, sometimes it's you got to take a breath. And I really recommend to people a lot of balance exercises uh, so they feel comfortable uh, moving on the court, uh, yeah. but also to get them to slow down and, and understand how their body actually feels when they're balanced. Well, that's something I struggle with, too. And I had mentioned it before in a previous episode. I feel like it's this thing about how can you play aggressively? And you, I mean, you're one of the most aggressive players. How can you play aggressively and not be a ball hog? What's the <laughs> secret to that? Because when I when I get super aggressive, it's like, well, then I just start going for everything. You know, might as well play singles at that point. What's that, that's a really tough one. I'm not going to lie. I think I think that happens to a lot of people. And I think sometimes it really has to do with who you're playing with and communicating what's our goal here, who's going to be more of the enforcer type. And if so, how far over am I going to go that we're not like, you know, stealing everything? Because, you know, every good partnership, I don't care who I'm playing with, if they feel that they can poach and they can do something well with the ball, I want them to take advantage of that situation. Yeah. Oftentimes people are afraid of being a ball hog and taking that ball away. And what I look at is what's 
what's best for the unit, what's best for the team in general. You know, what I want from someone that's going to be aggressive in poaching, if they're taking the ball, I'm finding Danny with that as long as they're ready for that ball to come back. And I'm not the one that has to clean up the mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I have hung my partner out many, many times uh, yes. on that stuff. <laughs> oh, I know. And uh, yeah, I think that the, one of the keys you mentioned is talking. I find myself calling shots, not that they're always mine, but I'll go yours yours, yours. And that helps me actually not be a ball hog. I think that mm -hmm. it's because there's some part of my brain that thinks, well, you're still kind of in control, but it's like, it's like you're calling the shot, but you're, you're giving it to your partner uh, because you're so generous. You know, you're so magnanimous, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I'm still aggressive because I'm focused on that ball, but I'm saying, no, that's not mine. You take that one. And uh, so I think it helps me. Oh, I absolutely agree. I think, uh, I of all the things, you, most of the time I'm talking to people about how to do less on the court and how to be more efficient. But the one thing I say you can always do more of is talk yeah. <laughs> and communicate. And, and not only is it about talking, but it's about listening. And often when you say you and, and me and, and those types of things, it's, it's a balance and it's a rhythm and you're actually making choices on the court and you're being conscious about what's going on mm -hmm. instead of just reacting all the time. Yeah. And this would be the perfect opportunity for us to stop talking right now but uh, start talking again next week and we're going to uh, delve into a couple of more areas where less really is more and the less you do will make you a better pickleball player so sarah if you'll join me next week we'll pick right back up where we left off i'm looking forward to it and you can find out everything that our guest sarah ansbury is up to at her website sarahansbury.com She's got a couple of ebooks that really are must reading. Highly recommend them, and you can download them directly from her website. Of course, we'll link to that in the show notes. Her column every week in rvpicklers.com, we'll link to that too. And she is traveling the country. Let me tell you from firsthand experience, if uh, she's within 200 miles of you, it would definitely be worth your while to make the trip and, uh, and go see her, spend some time with her, because she will definitely take your game to the next level. And also, if you're within, eh, you know, 200 miles or so of Asheville or even further, we'd love to have you at Pickleball Summit, March 31st, April 1st and 2nd. National champion Matthew Blom, national champion Brian Staub, national finalist Lucy Kovalova, one of North America's top coaches, Mark Rennison. They're going to be here, pickleballsummit.com. I'm Chris Allen. This is the Pickleball Show. And until next week, keep them low. The Pickleball Show is brought to you by PBX Club. PBX stands for Pickleball Excellence. Join today and get the latest pickleball tips and strategies, news, and opinion. Save money on paddles and other equipment with coupon codes to online pickleball retailers. Get travel discounts to tournaments and a whole lot more. How much does it cost to become a PBX Club member? Well, it's free. Just go to freepbxclub.com. That's freepbxclub.com. There's even a link in the show notes for this episode. FreePBXClub.com. PBX Pickleball Excellence. Join the club. It's free.